Hi, for those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Hannah, and my dad is actually the pastor here at Eagle Heights, and he started the church when I was three years old, and he was a pastor, an evangelist when I was born. So basically, I've grown up in the ministry, and then now I currently work full-time here at Eagle Heights. And so tonight, I'm going to be talking about peace. And you know, I know a lot of people in our generation are on a search for peace. I was looking on Pinterest the other day, what's new, and I um, came across this article and it said, 10 steps to finding inner peace. And I was like, okay, knowing my message, I had to click on it because I was just so curious. And so it had all this stuff on there like, go for a run, meditate, smile at yourself in the mirror and just say your best three qualities. And I'm reading this and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, it was sad to me because I'm like, you know, people in the world, they're searching for peace and this is the kind of stuff that they think peace is, but peace is not an emotion. Peace is about being made whole in God. And only God can bring us peace because he is the God of peace. And so I saw this church sign a few months ago, and y'all go ahead and put it up. Oh, there we go, there we go. So it says, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. And, you know, that is so simple, but so profound. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about just some practical reasons for not having peace. So my first point, y'all go ahead and put it up, is flesh is flesh, and spirit is spirit. So I don't know about y'all, but I wake up in a very bad mood. I'm just being real. I'm just being real, y'all. Not a morning person at all. Anybody else in here not morning people? Okay, good. Got some people with me. So, you know, generally, I'm a pretty happy person, but not before 10 a.m. I'm always in a bad mood. So, y'all are really going to judge me when I tell y'all this story, but y'all just, it's okay. So, a few, uh, probably a couple days ago or so, I was getting ready. I was going to say a few weeks, but I'm like, no, I'm not even going to lie about that because it doesn't matter. So, a couple days ago, um, I was getting ready, and I got my little Amazon uh, Alexa dot thing, and I listened to music. So, it's early in the morning, and Alexa played this song that she knows I don't like, okay? Like, I've already told her, like, ten times I don't like this song. So she's playing the song, and I'm like, Alexa, skip the song! And she just ignored me. Just kept playing the song. So I, I like, got mad at my Alexa. I'm like, Alexa, you know I said skip the song! So I'm, like, in a bad mood, yelling at my Alexa, you know, and then in that moment I really was like, Hannah, you are psycho. Like, you are legitimately psycho. And so, you know, let's just say I'm getting ready for work, you know, running late, hurry up and getting dressed, yelling at my Alexa, and then I just shove some Pop-Tarts in my mouth, run out the door before reading my Bible and praying. There is no way that I'm spiritually ready to go throughout my day without stopping and centering myself in Christ. And I have this devotional, I love it, it was written in the 1920s. And so one of the uh, quotes says, you must not face the day until you have faced God, nor look into the face of others until you have looked into his. You cannot expect to be victorious if the day begins only in your own strength. And that is so true. And, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, get up, we get in our word, get ourselves centered in God, got peace, and you're ready to go throughout your day. But then you got to go to wherever you're going to go, you know, whether that's work, school, whatever. You know, then you have to deal with people. And people tend to rob our peace, right? You know, um, 
whether it's your coworker, random person in traffic, it's hard to go throughout your day. You have to just deal with all these different people, but I mean, that's life. And it is impossible to deal with people the way that God wants us to when we're not in our spirit, when we're walking in our flesh, because being in the flesh is completely opposite than being in the spirit. And God wants us to handle situations a lot different than we do. And so I want to use this example. Let's say that one of your really good friends does something to you that's wrong. And in this case, you have no, no fault. You know, they did something wrong to you. And I'm not saying that we're always the victim. It's just an example. Stay with me. Stay with me. You know, it's a good point to learn because sometimes the situation's opposite. So you got to know how to handle the situation, like do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And so, you know, when something happens to me and someone does something to me, my instant thing that I want to do is to talk about them to someone else. Anyone else with me? I mean, that's just life. Like, if someone does something to me, I'm like telling my other friends, can you believe that she did that to me? Can you believe she said that about me? And it's so crazy because whenever we handle situations like that, we think that it's going to bring us peace, but it's never really going to bring us peace until we handle things God's way. So when I was growing up, my dad always told me when you have a confrontation with someone, you have two options. You can either cover or confront. And, you know, every situation is different, so you just have to be led on what God wants you to do. And so I had this situation where this girl legitimately did something wrong to me, and I was like, ooh, I cannot wait to confront her. I'm going to confront her so good. And God was like, Hannah, no. He's like, I want you to cover this situation in love. And I realized that selfishly, I wanted to confront her because somehow I thought that would make me feel better. But I was just praying. I was like, God, like, this is a really serious situation. I'm like, God, I just need your help to get through this. You know, you're telling me to cover and love. And I'm like, God, help me just to see her the way that you see her. And instantly after I prayed that, God completely changed my view of that situation. And he let me see things from her perspective and her pains and her insecurities and what drove her to do that. And after that, I had so much peace about the situation. You know, I didn't ever even think about it again, but that is what God does. He gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And you know, in other situations, God might be saying, no, you need to confront that person. And the most important thing to do when you're confronting someone is making sure that it is in love and in humility. And Matthew 18, 15 says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out that offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. And this next verse really stuck out to me. It's Psalms um, 34, 14. It says, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And, you know, that really stuck out to me because I'm like, okay, do I pursue peace? Do I go out of my way to be a peacemaker? And, you know, some people, it's their personality. It's a lot easier for them to be a peacemaker. Like my mom, for instance, she has always been a peacemaker in our home. That just comes naturally to her. But God calls us all to be peacemakers. And Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
And Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see God. And so, now that we've kind of talked about peace with others, I want to talk about peace with ourselves. And y'all can go ahead and put up the next slide. The journey for peace. So peace is a lifelong pursuit that everyone has to find for themselves. And so um, when I was a young teenager, probably around like 15, I'm not really sure, I was living in so much sin. And basically, I was living this double life because I've got all this secret sin in my life, but then on the outside, I'm trying to keep up this persona that I'm this perfect little homeschooled pastor's daughter. And during this time, I just felt so miserable. Like, I had been saved my whole life, so I knew what I was doing was wrong. So I could hardly stand to sit through Sunday morning and Wednesday night messages because I just felt so convicted, and I knew the life that I was living was wrong. And it's funny to me now. Sorry, y'all, my mic's falling off. (laughs) It's funny to me now, but I remember distinctly during that season of my life, getting my Bible and flipping the concordance in the back and looking up the word peace. Because I was so desperate to try to find peace. I'm dealing with all this inner turmoil. But, you know, you will never find peace when you are willfully living in a way that isn't honoring God. And I remember just at that point being like, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to this point? You know, my parents I, taught me right from wrong. I've been in church my whole life. Like, how, I'll just look up and like, how did this happen? And Galatians 6, 8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And so that's really how it starts. You know, you just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to sow to my please my flesh just a little bit. Like, everybody's doing this. It's not a big deal. So I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. And then you just sow to your flesh a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually, the devil's going to take you to places that you never thought that you would go. And so finally, after a while, I was like, okay, I've just had enough of this life that I'm living. And I remember one night just being on my knees in the closet of my room and just crying out to the Lord and repenting. And uh, I just confessed my sins to him and turned away from them. And I just walked away from the life that I was living. But after that, I expected to have so much peace, and I didn't, and I couldn't figure out why. And so then I started seeing all these scriptures about confess your sins one to another, and I would tell myself, like, you know, you don't need to do that because you confess to God. Like, that's what the scripture is really talking about. And it's, you know, when you get convicted about something, you start trying to twist the scriptures. You know, that might just be me. I don't know. But... Um, So I just kept telling myself, like, no, you don't need to do that. You're fine. You're right with God. And actually, a couple of years went by, and I was still trying to convince myself that I was right with God. And so I thought about it every day. I thought about my past every single day. And so every time my dad would talk about confessing your sins or Josh would talk about it in youth, I just still felt so convicted, and I just didn't have any peace at all. Finally, it was like, 
it was during, it was January, we were doing like a church-wide fast, so we're all fasting, and during this time, like the conviction kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm like, okay, I have got to confess to someone. So instantly, I start coming up with a play in my mind. I'm like, okay, it's January. I was like, in July, we're going to Texas for youth camp. I was like, I can find a youth leader there, and I can confess to them. That way, I will be right with God, and no one has to know. And so as I'm, like, coming up with this plan in my room, like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds right. God was instantly like, no. He was like, I want you to confess today, and I want you to confess to your dad. And instantly I'm like, God, do you know him? Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, not only is he my dad, my boss, my pastor, I'm like, in worst case scenario in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell him, and first I'm going to get fired because I work at a church. I'm like, then he's going to take all my clothes and like throw them out of the window and just tell me to get out of the house and, you know, disown me or whatever. So I'm like thinking of these worst case scenario things in my mind. But I just got to a point where I was so desperate and so broken before God that I was like, okay, I'm going to get right with God and no matter what the consequences are. And so then I was like, all right, God, you've got to get me through this. So I'm up in my room, and I went downstairs, and I'm just like, Dad, I've got to talk to you about something. And so when I told him, his reaction was so not what I was expecting. Like, he was just so full of love and mercy. And I was thinking about it, and that is exactly like the heart of the Father, you know, we think in our minds like we've done something too bad to get forgiven of, but there is nothing that you have done that God can't forgive. And, you know, to doubt the level of God's forgiveness is to doubt the power of the cross. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Proverbs 28, 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they turn from their sins, they will receive mercy. So after I had confessed to my dad, I instantly just felt so much peace for the first time in years, and I had wished that I had done it so much sooner. And, you know, I wish I could say that after that moment, like, okay, all right, that was it, like, passed that test, conquered that. I got peace now, so now I'm going to have peace for the rest of my life. But that is not even biblical, you know. The Bible says that we have to die to ourselves daily. You know, peace is a daily pursuit. And so I'm going to tell you about a situation where recently the devil tried to steal my peace again. So y'all can put up the next screen. There is no fear in love. So 2018 was a really rough year for me, and I don't have time to go through the whole story, so I'm just going to give you all some cliff notes. And so it was like all these bad things were just happening to me at once. And I have some medical issues, and again, I would tell you all about it, but it will take me another hour, and we've got to play cabbage ball, so I'm not going to go through that. Um, so basically, I just kept getting all these bad reports from the doctors, like over and over and over and over. So... During this time, I had no peace at all. And um, 
I was just living in so much fear. And, you know, usually when you go through a hard time like that, you either tend to walk away from God or get closer to God. And I was just so thankful because during my time between after I confessed my sins to now, I just sowed so much stuff to my spirit and just got that treasure built up to where I was able to still get closer to God through this situation. And um, so I was just like listening to all these podcasts and reading these books and praying and, you know, fasting. And I realized that I was just looking for like answers. You know, why is this happening to me? And But sometimes God doesn't give us the answers that we want on purpose because he wants to test our faith. And so I kept trying to convince myself that I was in faith and I was trusting God with the situation, but I really wasn't because I was still just in so much fear. And this season of my life reminded me of the story of Peter walking on the water. Uh, when Jesus is walking on water, he calls out to Peter to walk to him, and Peter's wanting to follow Jesus and to go after him, but as soon as he walks out, it says the storm started getting worse, and Peter started to panic, and that's kind of where I was at. I was like, God, like, I want to trust you, and I want to follow you, and, but the storm around me is getting worse and worse and worse, and I'm just starting to panic, and I'm like, God, like, I need your help. All these bad things are happening to me, and I'm handling it the way I thought you'd want me to. You know, I'm in my word more. I'm praying more, and I'm doing all the right things, but I still didn't have peace, and I couldn't figure out why, and I didn't realize, but what was really driving me to get more into my word and read all these books and podcasts and all these, was fear. I was driven by fear. And when you're in fear and you're anxious about something, you're not really in faith. You know, all anxiety is rooted in distrust in God. And so I never experienced situ uh, peace about the situation until this one night I had the most powerful encounter with God that I'd ever had. So, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to have to get water. I've done good. This is, at Big Early, I had to drink like four times. So, it was late at night, which for me, late at night might have been 8.30, y'all. I go to bed really early. So, late at night, and I was looking for something in my room. And I don't even know what I was looking for, but I was going through my dresser drawer, and I found this birthday card from my dad from when I was like 18, which I didn't even know I had. So I picked it up, and I started, like, looking at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. So I started reading it, and he was telling me, like, how much he loves me and how proud he is of me. And so instantly, as I'm reading this card, I, the Lord spoke to me clearer than he ever had. Like, it was like just this audible voice speaking to me. And he said, Hannah, don't you know that I love you more than your earthly father does? And instantly, I just started weeping uncontrollably because I realized in that moment that I let the enemy come in and convince me that just because God didn't heal me, that somehow he loved me any less, which I knew was a total lie. And it's so stupid when you say it out loud, but it's like I didn't realize that that is what the enemy was coming in and telling me. And that is why it's so important to take our thoughts captive you know, I heard a pastor say once that all the devil has to do is to come into our mind with the suspicion that God isn't good. And after that moment with that breakthrough and I just really experienced the depths of God's love for me, I just went back to this childlike faith of God. 
you are such a good father, and you love me so much, and God, you want what's best for me, so why would I not trust you? And God, I give up my right to have to understand why, why you're not healing me, and why these bad things are happening, and I just trust you wholeheartedly, and whatever happens, I believe that it is your will. And what is so awesome to me about that moment is nothing in my situation had changed. You know, I can't say like, oh, I didn't have peace until God healed me. I didn't have peace until this changed. Nothing in my situation changed, but my heart did. And 1 John 4, 18 through 19 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, and we love him because he first loved us. And so peace is about being made whole, being made whole in our relationship with others, being made whole in our relationship with God. And, you know, I could stand up here all night and try to convince you of what peace with God really feels like, but Reverend Billy Graham said it best. He said, until you actually possess true peace with God, no one can describe its wonders to you. And I know that I've said a lot, but um, the main things I want you to take away from this message is just true peace can only come from God. It is a daily battle. It is a daily pursuit. And everyone goes through hard seasons. You know, that's really the main reason I kind of want to share my story with y'all is because, you know, we come into church and we see everyone else and we're like, you know, everybody seems to have it all together. Everybody seems to, you know, have peace, and here I am, I'm a mess, and that's just the enemy lying to you. And so tonight, we're going to break up into small groups like Justin said, and I just want us all to kind of just share what the enemy might be trying to steal your peace with. And, you know, that could be some, a major sin in your life, or you could say, hey, I've got a test tomorrow, and I'm worried about it, you know. But um, I really just want us to be vulnerable and open with each other. I found that the times in my life where I have the biggest breakthroughs is when I just open my mouth and like, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. I'm going through this. Be praying for me. And you know, God honors that. And so, like Justin said, we're going to do the girls in here. We're going to do the guys outside. And, um, and after we're going to play some cabbage ball and eat some tacos. So Justin, if you want to come bless the food, close this out.